Hello, climate designers. Thank you for being part of this community of designers taking on climate action. We are graphic designers, industrial designers, fashion designers, software designers, illustrators, interaction designers, architects, or any other kind of designer pushing for climate action in their work. You can learn more and join us at climatedesigners.org. This is brought to you by Sarah Harrison and Mark O'Brien of The Determined. In this episode, Mark and I sit down and have a delightful chat with illustrator and outdoor enthusiast Kika McFarlane. Kika makes lovely illustrations, often about oceans, forests, and mountains. She recently had her eyes open to the potential of art as activism when one of her illustrations went viral on social media. Since then, she's been collaborating with intersectional environmentalist founder Leah Thomas, among others, and her art has taken on a more activist tone, with messages like sustainability is an act of justice, and during the latest election season, vote for oceans, vote for forests. Our chat with Kika is coming up right after this brief message. Hey, real quick, we want to tell you about the Climate Designers Party Program. This is a new kind of event because we are done with boring sustainability conferences or those business and design conferences with just one sustainability breakout session. We're creating a two-week party centered around climate and focused 100% on a creative audience. Yeah, think 24-hour global kickoff events, design showcases, networking opportunities, and some live music and comedy performances. We're going to cover various topics such as systems thinking, circular design, behavior change, climate communications, and environmental justice. So this is all happening March 1st through the 12th, 2021. So go ahead and check out climatedesigners.org slash party program for more information. Let's party. We're here with our latest guest. Really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, excited to introduce Kika McFarlane. She's a designer, illustrator, and all things creative. She's in, I believe, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Is that correct, Kika? Yes, it is. Awesome. I'm well, so excited to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. We are super stoked to have you on. Just a little bit of background. Climate Designers, we have an Instagram account, which we actually just reached over a thousand followers. And so thank you for all of those who are following us. And Kika, I think we discovered you on our Instagram feed. It was your post that you that you shared, I think right before you went on a backpacking trip and you talked about how the outdoor space ha- is, is more or less geared more towards, you know, it doesn't really, it's not really inclusive when it comes to people of color. Do you remember that post? Do you, can you explain a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. That post I made was specifically talking about toxic gear culture. And I think we have all seen the ways that the outdoor industry is predominantly white and wealthy and very homogenous in that sense. But it was a personal realization that I had that one of the problems within that and one of the ways that it is perpetuated is in our obsession with gear. And I love outdoor activities. I spend a lot of time doing it and I work in the outdoor industry. So I would definitely consider myself a gearhead and have always had this kind of love for outdoor gears. And, you know, everyone has certain brands that they like, and it it really is an obsession within people who participate in these sports, these outdoor sports. And I realized that that um, was a huge barrier for anyone trying to get into the outdoor world 
just to have the right gear, but also this culture that we had built around it that really prioritized brand names and shamed people for the brands that they were wearing or the clothes that they were wearing outside. And these things that ultimately didn't matter and were kind of small things were holding people back from being able to participate in entry-level sports. So it was definitely about inclusivity in the outdoors overall, but more about the specific issue within it that I had noticed in my own life and in things that I was doing in myself. And yeah. Yeah. And so just to tell people a little bit more of that particular story, uh, you posted that right before your backpacking trip and then you came back and apparently it blew up and you didn't really expect it to blow up as much as it did. I think you got a couple thousand likes and a ton of comments, right? Yeah, I think it was shared about 50,000 times, had 10,000 likes, really made the rounds and really started this massive conversation within people about about the small things within the outdoors that make it hard for it to be inclusive for different groups. Great, great. And so, yeah, with that, I was like, whoa, this this person's badass. She just like called out a whole industry, right? <laughs> and so, and so, you know, we looked more into your work and, and loved what you were doing. And so, yeah, we basically just reached out and said, hey, you should become a climate designer you know be featured on the website and and then eventually we we reached out to you for this podcast so uh, i want to dive into speaking of your featured profile in your description you state that you want to quote unquote utilize illustration to ignite activism i would love for you to go a bit more into that and and specifically what does that look like for you and how do you want people to respond to that yeah that that's a great question and segues really well after talking about the toxic gear culture post that I made. So I've come to realize recently through social media how powerful digital illustration specifically is in igniting activism and eliciting a response from people. And I think the toxic gear culture post was the first time that I had really seen that happen to me or from something that I had created. But if you look at the past recent months and all these different realms of activism on social media, we really have seen this surge of digital illustrations being used as this tool to share information really rapidly to spread a message. And and they're really visually beautiful. They're easy to digest. And there's just been this massive wave of them appearing on the internet. And that's something I've started to focus my work on a lot because I've realized that it is a really unique tool, not only in sharing information and in making things digestible and easy to share, but also in like something a little bit more than that. You know, social media is so personal to everyone and, and what it comes down to is almost our identities. You know, we're on these websites shaping who we are as people and, and the things that we post and the things that we share. And I, I've started to realize that, you know, people sharing a post about cutting back on plastic Sure, to a certain extent, it's to tell their followers, hey, plastic is bad, and here's why. But it's also it, it's, it's also waving this flag of like, I am trying to cut back on plastic. This is who I am as a person. And so it comes back to this like identity and to showing people that they care, which I think is pretty cool and unique. And there has been a lot of pushback, I think, from people calling it this new wave of Instagram activism. You know, all these people are just out here like sharing these photos, these like viral digital illustrations. And what is that really doing? And I think that that is important to think about to a certain extent, because it is important to do more than just share something. It's important to you know, go out there and protest and to write letters for whatever it is that the cause is. But I, I think that people often overlook what's happening on a large scale, you know, when we are sharing these digital illustrations and we are 
shaping our identity overall and we're changing who we are as people and what we care about. And I think that that is really, really powerful. Yeah, that's hugely powerful stuff. I love it. And I have to admit, I am really inspired by what you're putting out there. And I'd love to chat with you as an illustrator, as a designer, a little bit about your process, you know, Mm. like just thinking about anyone who's inspired to do this sort of digital activism, even though people Mm -hmm. poo-poo it, you know, it's one of the few things that we feel like we can do when we're all in lockdown and aren't really out marching in the streets that much. And, you know, like if we live in a small town and we can't get out to the protest or we want to be able to do something, we can at least post it on our social media. And the way that you do it is really beautiful. If somebody scrolls through your Instagram feed, at Kika Mac, M-A-C-K. You'll see, you know, you have a lot of similar color palettes and the illustrations cover a range of styles, but they feel pretty loose and casual and fun. There's kind of a mosaic style and a little scribble doodle style that you have going on for a lot of them. And it, it almost, it just almost appears like they're effortless. So I really want to know, like, how do you come up with what you're drawing? Are they commissioned from someone else or do you draw it first and then someone says "Ooh, make me one of those or how does it all work and how long does one take you and all that it's a good question it totally depends on the subject or what it is i certainly do a lot of freelance and commissions and work with different organizations in that realm but most of the things that i post and create are just from my own personal experiences. For example, the toxic gear culture posts and a lot of my activism posts are kind of ways to hold myself accountable. They're things that I recognize within myself. And, you know, art is very personal. And my Instagram before the toxic gear culture happened was very personal as well. So it it was less about, the intention behind it was less about, oh, is this gonna be something that 50,000 people share? It was more about, wow, this is an experience that I'm having and I hope that others can relate or that I can learn from it by putting it out there. But I have noticed now that my tactics in thinking about what I'm posting have definitely changed. And I've also been more strategic with using illustration as a tool to get these messages across. So an example is I recently found out about this massive open pit gold mining proposal on the South Fork of the Salmon River. And immediately I was like, this is something not a lot of people are talking about. And a great way to spread that message would be through a digital illustration. So I just sat down and created one and posted it and saw the ways that it was immediately shared and that this message of a potential gold mine was shared really rapidly and big brands started to be aware of it. So in that sense, like the things that come up or that I learn about that I feel like maybe people aren't knowing about. I'm using illustration as a tool intentionally there, but also a lot lot of my illustrations are just personal things that I connect to. Very cool. Yeah. I think the idea that you just, you kind of call yourself out or hold yourself accountable and say things that are personal really resonates with me rather than trying to think of something that to put it out there thinking that you want 50,000 people to share it, I think is what holds a lot of people back. And rather than thinking that at the get-go, when you share things that are personal and for you, that's what really strikes that chord. And, you know, every once in a while, the the chord sings and, and everybody picks it up and it takes off. But I don't think you can plan that. I think that's very true. You know, something I, I always share with my students, I teach uh, a class at CCA called Climate Designers for undergrad graphic design and interaction design students. And, and something that we also share in our presentations 
is that designers, illustrators, anyone in the creative space, we have a number of amazing superpowers. And one of them is that we can take really complex ideas and turn them into something that can, that will make them more approachable so that anyone can approach it and be like, oh, I, I get it now, right? And I'm not saying that designers need to explain every single thing, but the way that I look at it is like, let's hook people's attention. Let's get their, grab their attention. And if the designer, illustrator, filmmaker, if they do a good job and there's a really strong call to action, then that person will want to go further. They'll want to go and learn more. They'll want to go donate, sign the pledge, download, et cetera, et cetera. So do you have any, like what's your thought process when it comes to what you want people to do in a post after they read a post? Like, do you, does that come to mind at all when you're putting these together? Definitely. And again, it depends on, on what the post is specifically, but for a lot of them, you know, I, I hope to, to call people in and for example, tell them about this mining proposal. And then within the post, use that as a place to help people write letters to the forest service, leave comments, explain all of the next action steps, because you're right. It totally is that like hook. Can we pull them in? Can we take this issue? Like if it is an open pit gold mine or something, a climate issue, can we make it emotional and can we make it personal? And how do we get people to connect with it? Cause that is what will drive them to do that next step, whatever it is, that call to action. Yeah. And having a very strong call to action is, is really mm -hmm. key. I want to shift gears a little bit. So you work with the Intersectional Environmentalist Organization. Can you share with our listeners a bit more about the organization and what you do for them? Yeah, absolutely. So Intersectional Environmentalist is started by Leah Thomas, who I met while we were both working at Patagonia. And she is an amazing environmental activist who at the start of the summer and the start of the Black Lives Matter movement had an experience similar to mine with the Talks to Gear culture post where she created a post about environmentalists for Black Lives Matter and about intersectional environmentalism that really went viral, that really struck a chord with people because it was this message that had been missing from our whitewashed environmental movement for so long. And early on when it was just being started and she was just putting it together after she had made that post, she reached out to me asking for some help with graphics for social media. So digital illustrations like we've been talking about. And I was really excited to jump on it because it is this kind of complex and lofty idea. You know, we're, we're so used to thinking of environmentalism and then racial justice as these really separate activist ideas. And so to, to find a way using illustration to bridge those and to boil down like why there is a connection and why it's important to have that conversation together was something I was really excited to do. So I created a series of graphics for her about that, that really focused on, you know, why, why racial justice is climate um, justice. And I think what Leah Thomas has been doing is really cool because it is waking a lot of people up to the fact that that this is this is huge that the groups who are often the least contributors to pollutants are the ones who are most affected by climate change, that these voices have been completely erased or not invited to the environmental conversation, but they're the ones who, who are being the most adversely affected. So I, I've been really inspired by the work that she has done, and it's really excited to get to help in the illustration sphere on that front. That's awesome. And, and it's only a few months old, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And it, she started at the beginning of the summer, and they really were able to grow into a huge organization very quickly. And so someone who is pretty tapped into the space, you know, climate activism and things, is that or has that been moving the needle 
in this conversation? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it has for sure. I I mean, a huge testament to that is the fact that it has grown so much that so many people have followed and pledged their support. And also the amount of brands and other organizations who have worked with Leah Thomas and intersectional environmentalism to make their environmentalism more intersectional, to invite more voices to the table, to put Black, Indigenous, and people of color at the forefront of these conversations. There's definitely been a huge change, and there, there's so much work to be done, but I think it is really cool that we've been able to see that start to happen. It is really cool, and I am really excited that you, you know, bring your expressive style and color, and there's just a real joy in your art style, just speaking like art school critique style, like the colors and the, the expressive gestural, you know, casual way that you you illustrate is just really fun and joyful. And it, it really shows through the love that you have for the outdoors. And yeah, I think it's really brilliant. And I love that you're out here speaking for the earth and, and doing the good work. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Means yeah, thank you. What would you say to, as we wrap up, what would you say to a young emerging artist, illustrator, designer who finds themselves at the intersection with their interests around creativity as well as climate and the environment? What would you say to them in terms of just how they can start to blend those things together like what you were doing? I would um, definitely encourage them to focus their work on themselves and their community. You know, there is so much change um, and so much design potential that can happen in our spaces immediately around us. And, and it's very easy to become so overwhelmed by how many designers there are in the world and how many fights there are to fight and just recentering it back to, to that personal connection and to the things that are happening immediately around you is a great way to create something that is authentic and that will make a difference. And just reaching out to local organizations and volunteering design work is such an amazing way to gain experience and to make a difference. I definitely got started doing climate design work through Catch a Fire and finding organizations who needed designs to help help spread their environmental messages and just volunteering my time because I could do it digitally and it was really easy. And that was a wonderful way to learn, but just, you know, find it, finding where the need is around you and staying true to, to what makes sense for you and to what really impacts you and the people around you is a great way to center it. Catch a Fire is a great resource too. I've never um, heard of them. So I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's also a great way, like right now with the global pandemic and everything and staying inside, you know, it's been so hard to find volunteering opportunities and to give back, but they have a ton of digital volunteering opportunities online. So Awesome. And where's the best way for someone to find your work online? I know you have website, Instagram, all the stuff. Where would you have someone to go? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Kika Mac, K-I-K-A-M-A-C-K, or KikaMacFarlane.co. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you, guys. I'm so honored that you reached out, and it was great to chat. I appreciate it, Kika. Keep doing the good work. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out ClimateDesigners.org to sign up for email updates. And while you're there, you can check out other stuff. You can create a profile page highlighting your climate-related work. Or you can seek out climate jobs and other resources to boost your climate design career. Or for design educators, find resources to bring climate action into your classroom. Yeah, join the conversation on social media with a hashtag, I am a climate designer, or hashtag climate designers, all one word.